brothers of the way of the podcasting, it is time now for us to make note of the fact that we've been releasing episodes consistently for quite a few weeks. After the loveliness that has been releasing episodes for two weeks or three weeks, we've decided that it's time to release the team reaction. And now that we've made this statement, it is time to release said episode. Finally, after so many months... Ah, yes, I see that hand. Uh, Brother Michael. Yes, uh, Ryan, uh, as an audio editor myself, and as the editor of the Team Reaction, I was wondering if it'd be possible to delay the reaction by another... Uh, maybe another three months. I mean, it's been the most calm three months I've had. I understand that, and that makes very good sense. However, I'm afraid that procrastination is not something that many people who listen to podcasts appreciate. So I think that we're going to just go ahead and do it anyway. What about one month? Yeah? Uh, I'm gonna have to say no. What about one week? Yeah? No. What about two days? Yeah, that sounds good. It'll be released on the 30th. Hello and welcome to AIO Audio News. I'm Michael LeFevre. And I'm Ryan Matlock. And finally, we had a half-decent intro this time. Nice job on that, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you add in, like, lots of uh, echo and reverb. (laughs) We, We shall see. Again, I'm editing this thing at, like, 10.30 at night, the day before it comes out, so... My sanity is very low, but anyway, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about solitary refinement. Yes, this is episode 366. Who's it written by, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> this is Paul McCusker, directed by Phil okay. Lawler, sound designed by Mark Drury. Last two episodes we reviewed were direct, were written and directed, I think, by, by Phil Lawler. And this is going back to sort of Eugene's arc in The Right Choice. Seems like Phil Lawler is kind of letting... Paul McCusker handle this part of the storyline and mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta say I I was halfway to I don't know to getting a teary eye at the end of this episode I thought it was thought it was really really well done and it's been a while since I've actually heard it but there's some bonkers stuff to talk about in here you know I agree I'm looking forward to it yeah let's let's jump right into it the beginning we start out with sort of the the funny monastery feel John Campbell's got some really funny like choir monk uh sounds that he yes that he does for the first scene it's, yeah eugene's talking about the monastery and bernard is like freak freaking out like you want to join a monastery <laughs> just imagine you in a monastery <laughs> and then it just goes into this dude Im- dude amazing you, dude, dude i told you to handle it just not get this far ahead we have a whole scene before this like two scenes you started it <laughs> No, I'm talking about, like, the very beginning of this episode, actually, like, at least the club version has a cold open, and I'm talking about, even before the whole monastery imagination sequence, there's... Oh, you're saying the intro had a... Yeah, the intro... Like, the intro and, music, and I then, see. And then after that, with Eugene saying, I'm thinking about joining a monastery, there's kind of a bum, 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 whatever the, uh, the Oz. Yeah. There. Did you hear that? I did. I, did, I didn't quite catch that it felt monastery. Stereal, if that's a word. But I guess. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I've done I've done compositions like that before where there's been choir Oz. Are you okay if we if we do the first two scenes or do you just want to skip directly to the third scene? Uh, yeah, we can do the first two scenes. The, dude, the one time I give you a scene to cover, you're like, yeah, let's just go there right away. I'm like, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that's what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to jump the gun. I was just like, oh, he's going to skip the first two scenes. Okay. That's not a thing that I do. I know we're trying to cut down on time here but anyway uh, <laughs> we saw a little bit of bernard's kind of curmudgeon eorness back in home sweet home but it wasn't a ton and now he's he's here in full force here's a question like did, have we had bernard in at any point in the post blackguard saga before home sweet home um that's a good question i don't think let we me did. consult my odyssey app that the app or i could go to the wiki i'm gonna assume for now no wiki <laughs> what's a wiki and in the at least in this Wikis episode are for the week <laughs> in this episode he's he is really really funny because he's back to his he's got a running thing about i think his first episode was hey you kids don't touch my clean windows and here he's talking about mm. how he's finally cleaned all the windows in the little theater after the kids uh-huh. have got their greasy little fingers all over him yeah bernard yeah. is an easy money he is. We didn't cover that, though. No, no. So he's not in any... I don't think he's in any of the episodes we've covered, but he is in episodes just after Blackguard. Wait, where is he in Easy Money? Or No, not Easy Money. 
No, I was wrong about that. I was okay. confusing Easy Money with a different episode. That's fine. But anyway, Bernard's explaining this to Eugene. Eugene's just not listening. For once, at least, he's not running over Bernard, which is showcasing his change of personality since the whole Katrina thing and since he's come back to Odyssey. I guess a little bit, maybe, where he's not. I don't know. He's, he seems a bit more reserved, but that's also because he's, he's dealing with a lot of stuff right now. Yeah. And he's looking through brochures for a monastery. Uh, I don't know if they're all the same brochure for the monastery, but the one he ends up going to, <laughs> like multiple brochures for the same monastery. He's like, oh, man, I really want to go man. here. <laughs> man, I never realized Odyssey had so many monasteries. <laughs> uh, I mean, it might not be an Odyssey. It might be. Is it in Odyssey or is it a little bit? outside or is it connellsville i don't is know that i assumed it was in odyssey okay jack was there and he's there and but maybe not maybe who knows um uh, but eugene starts to explain i forget what his exact explanation is but it's funny because bernard's trying to be personable with eugene and then he asks him about it eugene gives a long ish answer and bernard says as soon as i asked and it was a mistake I'm like what bernard come on he's kind of he, he's kind of mean to eugene this whole episode <laughs> Right. Like, especially this first scene, because Eugene's talking about how he's considering his overall immaturity as a Christian, and Bernard says, not to mention as a person. Well, at he's, least he's right Bernard, about that. See, he, he kind of is. And, like, this is an episode where I... So, backing up, I don't have a whole lot that I of times that I'm on Bernard or Tom Riley's side when they're picking on Eugene. Yeah. Like, I think I, I, think I mentioned in the last episode we reviewed how just with Eugene I don't generally think that Connie or other people who pick on him are in the right generally Eugene's pretty steady as a character even before he's a Christian Mm -hmm. except for like in relation to Katrina and everything he freaks out when that whole thing comes up yep but otherwise he's fine and everyone's just like, you use too many words that I don't take the time to understand. Because it's like, I can understand Eugene. Yeah. Tom should be able to. What do you say? He just doesn't want to. Yeah. Because it's it because it's funny. But for him, it's also, there, may, there might be some subtext that Eugene is being a show off that doesn't fully come across in the audio. And that Bernard might be sort of picking up here. But in general, uh, in general, I think a lot of the characters, he's a, he's a good foil for the other characters and kind of exposes the immaturity of the other characters as well. Right? right, right. That's that's what I like about Eugene is that like in his steadiness, it shows other people's insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like Tom, I, Tom and Connie and Bernard, I feel like when they're faced with Eugene, they're not frustrated with him because he's showing off. I don't get that feeling that Eugene is showing off just so much as being himself. Yeah. And it makes them feel stupid. Like Tom on ice fishing. He ends the episode not having learned his lesson, but <laughs> he's at least fine. been kind of stood. He's been stood up by Eugene being himself. Yeah. And showing he's still capable of doing anything Tom puts him to. <laughs> so what about in this episode? Are you saying you are on Bernard's side in this one? I actually don't mind Bernard as much in this episode. Cause like Bernard in here, he's talking about Eugene in the context of relationships where he is immature. Mm-hmm. And as far and like he's it's a it's very clear that Eugene is like, well, now that I'm back from my trip and things are different with Katrina, I think I'm joining a monastery, you know, to work on myself, not because I'm smarting or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and yeah. like Bernard sees right through that and he's trying to talk to eugene as if things are the way they are rather than the way eugene is trying to make them seem like they are no, right and that's eugene all throughout the episode and we can get to that right. later whether or not eugene was right in pursuing that <laughs> was eugene right no we're not going there but was eugene right <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah like time, here i yeah. here i appreciate bernard for kind of two reasons one he is very just kind of shooting straight here you like i i can read you like a book you're my cousin eugene (laughs) and i'm trying to stop talk to you straight and you're kind of trying to cover up what's true by acting pious a little bit Mm -hmm. like no no i'm just trying to work on myself and then when he brings up like i think i'll work at i'll I'll, i might go to a monastery to work on myself bernard's like okay no 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 that's that's a problem i didn't mean that yeah 
I know you too well. To, and <laughs> like last and time you're that not going to do well with that. <laughs> I forget what the episode is, and it's terrible. But he says, last time you did that, I ended up in an earthquake in California or something like that. What 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 is that? Uh, when he was soul, he it's when it's in time has come when he says he's soul searching. Oh yeah, <laughs> well that the reference comes up a lot, and it's funny because that was kind of the beginning of this era, and so for Eugene to be right back there where he was at the beginning of this era, soul searching again, it's kind of a good parallelism, and I like that. But yeah. here with Bernard, what thing Bernard says is now you shouldn't go making big decisions while you're on a muddled frame of mind, and. I like that Bernard jumps to that because Bernard doesn't know a lot about the circ- about the situation, what Eugene's been through. We've seen him going through that. So we know Eugene has thought about this for a long time and that he's not about to make a big decision. He's never says, like, I am going to join this monastery, definitely, and then recants that. He's always, oh, I might join and I want to see if I do want to join. I want to see if I want to join. It's never, you know, like, it's never solid that he really, really wants to be there. But right, he's he's exploring the option of maybe this is something to help. And Eugene, Eugene says, "No, things couldn't be more clear to me. Uh, clearer. I mean, more clear would have been fine, <laughs> but you didn't have to correct yourself." But uh, but Bernard goes into this scene that is totally unnecessary, but somehow very necessary to this episode. I feel this scene is a ultimate scene, <laughs> top ten in Odyssey fantasy scenes. Yes, so much better than As- Bethany's flood. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is there anything that's worse than Bethany's Flood as far as fantasy scenes go? The last scene of the team? Is that a fantasy scene? It has to be. There's no other explanation for that scene. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So. I love the scene. It shows us, like, I wrote down four things I love about this scene. Here we go. First off, I think it's a useful scene because it shows us sort of Bernard, but also what the audience is probably imagining a monastery to be. Yeah. And it does a good job at managing expectations that that's not at all what we're going to be talking about today. Right. Because, because we there's end up a talking very about clear, it right here. Well, but yeah, but like there's a very clear stereotype, I feel, when it comes to monasteries. You think of like um, the um, Sound of Music sort of thing mm-hmm. where there's monks and nuns nuns and they're all singing and About pious maria. and reserved and maria <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how do you solve a problem like, like Eugene. Eugene. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay anyway so so in this scene. They, they keep and you it, like that's not what we're going to be doing at all he's not going to a place where everyone's going to be judgy of him and um, we're going to break out the choir and everything. No, it's going to be a place where mostly it's what you might imagine actually as like a prayer walk at camp. Mm-hmm. It's actually how most of these scenes play out, at least in my imagination. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great. Yeah. And so it's good for kind of managing ima- managing those stereotypes by putting them to this really silly situation. Yeah. Yeah, because not only do you get the silly situation and realize, oh, these things Bernard are, Bernard is assuming will happen are crazy and silly, but you also realize that all these monks going, oh man, is also silly and not well, not not that it's silly that does happen, but right. it's not what's going to be happening in this episode. Yeah, and contrasting that with the re like with I guess the down to earth feeling of the later scenes is brilliant and that's and that's great i think it's there for some reason dave arnold is credited as a writer on this episode i don't really know the story behind that but i have a feeling like maybe dave arnold wrote this scene and the palmer customer was like that's not what a <laughs> monastery is about <laughs> and then they kept in the scene because it was so funny but <laughs> that's funny yeah but, but anyway that wouldn't surprise me but so bernard so, is storytelling to eugene as bernard is often apt to do Yes, yes, and he's he's storytelling this imagined scenario where Eugene has taken a vow of silence for quite <laughs> a while, and now Wit is also in the monastery for some reason, and he's <laughs> he's announcing that Eugene is finally going to be able to break his vow of silence, which, and Bernard's trying to talk him down from it, like, hold on, which maybe this we is can one wait of the first, a little longer. This is one of the first times that Paul McCusker has been Wit playing a character. He was the Which I want your great. wallet guy in the, the Search for Wit, but other than that, he hasn't really played any other characters. Also, other than right. the narrator for Snow White in the previous episode. Yes. But that, so this is no. this is really nice. Yeah. Just, at, just to like, because he already feels like he's at home, and mm-hmm. maybe that's just because I grew up with it. But I mm-hmm. do already feel like Paul McCusker is kind of 
made his st- made his claim and deserves it. And yes, so I have does. no problem hearing him in no, this it's context. Great. It's fantastic. It's great. It's awesome. But <laughs> he's talking about how Eugene has successfully successfully completed his six month vow of silence, and the monks go. It was a was miracle. A miracle. And it's funny because before then they were going, we know Eugene and stuff. And so I imagine if I've been hearing, if I heard this episode for the first time, I would have laughed out loud because this is, this is really good. This is really good humor. I love this. There are times that I wish that I could just memory erase yes. all of Odyssey from my brain so that I can enjoy it all as an adult. There are times that I wish out at scenes like this. There are times that I wish I could memory erase a specific set of six episodes from my brain so that I would never <laughs> have to hear them again. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I wonder what those are. Uh, uh, so uh, the second thing that I appreciate about this scene is these jokes about Eugene's wordiness <laughs> are refreshing because they are done in an imaginative sequence. I was talking earlier about how everyone makes fun of Eugene's language and yeah. it kind of comes across as like Tom Riley kind of being a boomer and crotchety because really all these arguments and frustrations are based in selfishness or insecurity mm-hmm. and that's toxic. But yeah. Um, like when Tom wants Eugene to talk normal because Tom doesn't want to put an effort into understanding him. But in this hilarious fantasy, we get to hear how Bernard acknowledges the difficulty Eugene would have not speaking, which we actually see is true later yeah. in Fast As I Can. It's true. <laughs> Eugene would have so much trouble mm-hmm. not talking the way he does, exactly. let alone not at all. Well, I mean, we, and, you know, to a certain extent, it is kind of hard to understand Eugene because when I was 11 or 12, I did not understand Eugene. And then when I became uh-huh. a little bit older, I did understand him. So obviously I think there's a little bit of suspense of disbelief here that for kids, uh, kids can't understand a lot of the things Eugene says. At least I didn't. So it's assumed that if you can't understand him or if you're not supposed to understand him, even if you can understand as an adult, because obviously there are adults writing these episodes, they understand what Eugene's saying and we understand what Eugene's saying. But to assume that these other characters don't is pretty evident in in this scene, or at least the the right. implication of that is evident here. Right. But even so, I appreciate the scene also because it's not like with Bernard saying or like with Bernard's fantasy that Eugene would have trouble with taking a vow of silence. Yeah, it's not false. It's true. It's not yeah, it's not done in a oh, why don't you shut up kind of way. It's done in a I recognize you have a lot of thoughts and you communicate them often yeah does a monastery really fit you and <laughs> that's that's a decent point to make as opposed to the toxic points yeah. that people usually make of i can't understand you <laughs> yeah he's not saying oh go join a monastery he's saying no don't join a monastery because i honestly as your friend don't think you'd be able to do it right you know the third thing is not as long-winded of a point <laughs> but i love it that when the when eugene drops his vow of silence <laughs> and Mr. rolls Whitaker. Yeah, and he, like, gasps, but the thing, it's a very tiny detail, he unrolls his journal, and you can hear a door open (laughs) to let the journal keep rolling out the door of the monastery, it's beautiful. It's so good, well, I I was noting that it's usually Friar Whitaker or Friar Wit, well, Bernard calls him Friar Wit, but then Eugene calls him Friar Mr. Whitaker, and then- Friar Mr. Whitaker. And then his study, his journal, which is incredibly long, is on, what is it, uh- God's design or like something or salvation and the theory of relativity and cold fusion or something like that. I forget what it is. <laughs> something like that. And he just starts into this extremely fast Ben Shapiro explanation. And, and Bernard's like, uh, <laughs> Bernard's like, I wonder if I can like, take a vow of seclusion or something like that. And yes. so you, and there's another little detail here that I, I don't know how to take this, but Eugene in his final, when he finally gets to talk, he mentions something about sharing his thoughts with like-minded people. And Bernard says, that would be no one. Eugene just says, yes. So, Because wait. Katrina is no longer an option. What? What are you talking about? Well, because <laughs> they broke up, so that's the only like-minded person he had. No, I didn't think that was the... I mean, I didn't think that was the context. I get that, but I was No, just like, I'm not saying that's what I meant. I'm okay. just adding to it. Katrina, Katrina was never an option. Peace was never an option. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I think, everything I had to say, except maybe I, I wrote this down. Bernard, this is just what my note says. Yeah. Bernard, bargaining, like this is Abraham asking God not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. How about one, one month? Oh, how about a long day and full-flown earplugs for everyone? 
if he'd just gone to one yes. more second, it would have worked. But you know, yep. I, I, that's something I often wonder. Real quick, I wonder if if Lot or if Abram had said, um, if there was just one person who is righteous, then would you spare Sodom and Sodom and Gomorrah? If God then would have said yes, or if he still, if he actually would have said no, you know what I mean? That is a good question. I think. It, I think the pre- the reason he probably didn't go below that is because five souls is probably close, if not the amount of Lot's family, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but we so, know that only Lot maybe was righteous because his daughters did something terrible afterward and his wife looked back. So, you know, was, was there ever, was there even anybody else righteous other than Lot? That's a good question. I don't know. So I I think that maybe that's where like Abraham or was it, it was Abram at that point? According to Odyssey, it was Abraham. So yes. Okay. So Abraham is asking and I, I, I get, I get, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I would just kind of imagine that I would get to five and then think, okay, I think if I say three or one, that's really pushing it because God, like if you're in the presence of God for the first, in the first place, he knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. You're not going to pull a fast one on him. Yeah. So if you're aware that your brother Lot is probably the only one there, then, and then God is aware yeah. of this. You're not going to fool him. He's going to do what he will do. You're not going to fool him. Like, oh man, you got me. I didn't think about the fact that your brother was there. No, I think you're right, trying that's... to game me. <laughs> I think you're trying to game me. <laughs> All right, can we move on? Yes, let's do so. All right, so we come out of that scene with Eugene's reaction, which is probably Paul McCusker's reaction to Dave Arnold's scene, which was, ho, ho, it is to laugh. Yes. This is funny. It was very amusing. And Eugene assures Bernard, don't worry, I won't make any rash decisions, which he doesn't end up doing, which is, well, he doesn't make yeah. any rash decisions, which, you know, that's good. So uh, It's refreshing. I'm really glad Eugene didn't pull a penny and just go crazy in this episode. To help others. Honestly, this, honestly, uh, this episode explored themes better by not going crazy. Maybe we should review Happy Hunting. That, Ooh, we just should. Just as a one-off, just because I hear people saying it's one of the worst episodes of all time, and I don't... Add like, it, it to it has, the list. It has a 0% on the, the binary rating system. Did you know really? That? Yeah, I think it cool. does. It's one of the only 0%, at least right now. I need, I need to actually it release the... It doesn't surprise the, me. I, need, I mean, people listening have no idea what this is. Uh, I need to actually release the podcast where Austin and Ryan and I talk about that. Let's, let's go on. So, next scene. I legitimately thought that... This was a scene where Jason was saying, hey, so I did this and that and this and that. And then Wit's like, oh, wow, you made so many improvements to the Imagination Station. And Jason's like, uh, yeah, you don't have to say the name of the invention. We're standing right here, Wit. But Wit, <laughs> Wit doesn't mention that, which is good non-exposition that Jason's just talking about it. And we know that the main drive display, main programming, visual programming, all these terms he's bringing up, these are Imagination Station terms. And yeah, yeah, it, it's it's great letting the listeners connect the dots. And I love how this conversation then transitions into Wits talking about how he's super busy and has all how he has all these things to do. And going back to uh, it's interesting parallelism in the titles, back to the right choice in which Wit was struggling on how to make the right choice about the decision, which is the next and final episode in this arc. And I just thought that was that was interesting uh, a parallel note there, but Wit's still struggling with that, and that will be the final basically the final question the final problem of this arc here <laughs> um, yeah jason and it's, it's cool yeah. to it's cool to see like I, I like this kind of buffer in between yeah the previous episode where we hear that he has to make a decision and the next because it gives us sort of he's not just rushing into it we yep. get to kind of get familiar with the conflict without it feeling like oh there's a conflict oh but it's resolved you know mm-hmm yeah, and the question is obviously we know Wit's not going back because they just brought Powerfellinger <laughs> in, so it's not <laughs> a question. Powerfellinger only has a contract of like one album. <laughs> I was thinking about it though. I think this is one of the best albums, just considering all the episodes in this. Everyone is a smash hit. Uh, that's a pun. I don't know if you could tell what the pun is, but you know, everyone is a smash hit. Yeah, the first episode is the secret weapon. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Jason, that's a good album. yeah, Jason's. Uh, is he's kind of foreshadowed here spoilers for the next episode but as the singular vote who didn't want wit to go back or wait was that back in the right choice that he that he voted no that was that was when we we already talked about that that jason voted that he didn't want wit to go back right yes okay okay yeah that's echoed again here where jason still wants wit to stay and he's giving some reasons and eugene has uh, an incredible line at the end of the episode where he talks about that too 
but they're kind of going back and forth and all of a sudden Witt just cuts the conversation short because he has to go meet up with Emma Douglas um, which is a cool callback to both Blackguard Saga and to the the book series yes yeah yes so yes yes yeah. someone talks about the books yay. someone talks about the books yay we need to talk about the I, I think Austin Peachy and I are going to talk about some of the books but Anyway, going on. Read through the books again. I haven't since I was like 10. They are great. Uh, so Wit runs out and passes Bernard's. We're like, hi, I, uh, I want. Bye, Wit. <laughs> like, he just trails off there. <laughs> and we get a great ending to this scene where he's like, Did you know Eugene wants to join a monastery? And Jason's like, What? <laughs> Bernard's just totally still in his own head. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard's like, I can't believe it. His, his world's been turned upside down. And Jason's like, Bernard, how's it going? And Bernard's like, Monastery? <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Just imagine Bernard. I mean, I am all over things, like, over and over and over until I get them resolved in my head. And it's... I mean, you you know this. You know that I do this. Yeah. But, okay. Anyway, next scene is we're meeting... We meet Brother James. I don't think we actually hear his name until the next scene, which is really good. We don't need to know his name. We just know him as the monk or as the as the guy who works at the Oak Hills Monastery and Retreat Center, right? Right. Right. And he's talking to Eugene, completely different vibe from the imaginary scene from earlier. And he's talking. Which is good. Yes. He's talking about how. And I don't think it would have been bad necessarily to have that scene that we had earlier in there because we had it and it was funny. But it's great that it is. It's not like a, oh, don't portray monasteries in this light, but it's a, do portray them in this light. And we are. It's making the episode a lot more impactful by having this dynamic here sort of the contrast yeah it's a good contrast and he's talking about how different monasteries have different focuses and this monastery's specific focus is what solitude and reflection or meditation or something like that some essentially yeah yeah and eugene's talking about it he's he says he should probably go call mr whitaker and that perks like james's tone switch he's like what you know what and then eugene's like oh indeed (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) (laughs) this is true he says well there's something else you might know then and interesting, interesting connection, I guess. Like, to, because Wit does know everybody, you think that if there was somebody who Wit knew who was there, which was probably anybody, would James have said the same thing? He's like, there's someone else you may know. And Eugene's like, who? And well, they, they go to the cabinet, just Howard J. I think it's because I think it's because <laughs> Eugene said he worked at Wit's End. Oh, okay, okay. So, Jack, I'm just thinking if it was just some random person, Eugene's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we have a mutual friend, so surely you know me. <laughs> the name's Public. John Q. John Public. John Q. Public. <laughs> yeah, but quick scene transition to the next one, and they're walking up to the cabin, knock on the door. Eugene's like, who is it? And Jack answers, and it's Jack, which is great because now we see him after the whole Clara thing, and he's doing great. He's doing fine, and he's doing good, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Who knows what he's reflecting on? I don't know. He's probably reflecting dark on... thoughts about Clara. <laughs> you know, and how all that went down. You know, that might not be that far off because all of these thoughts have just resurfaced, and it would right. probably take a little while for him to to deal with it. But he's here, and. Another quick scene transition where Jack's, Jack and Eugene are walking along. Jack says something like, oh, it's beautiful out here, isn't it? Eugene's like, yes. But we have to talk about the last scene because we just left the audience on a cliffhanger about why you're here. <laughs> I love how apparently it's like, hey, they're just walking uh, in there's someone here. There's someone here to see you. Hello, Eugene. Jack Allen. Or, no, Mr. Allen. Then they say nothing. Go outside for a walk? Uh, oh, uh, sure. <laughs> And then they're just walking, and then they're just completely silent, and Eugene's just staring at Jack as they're walking. Jack's like, it's beautiful. And he's like, finally, I can talk! <laughs> no. No. Those commercials were playing for quite a bit. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even a commercial. It was just a music trend. It's good. No, like, I like it, yeah. Like, just imagining it, like, on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so Eugene says, well, if I'd known you were here, I'd have come here, too. And, and Jack's like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? Or that... <laughs> That wouldn't really... That's, like, maybe that's why I didn't tell anyone. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> well, Jack says it's kind of selfish of me, I guess, which is, is that self-deprecating or not? Because it's fine that he's there, but... Oh, of course it's self-deprecating. Jack's a very self-deprecatory character. It, it, yeah, because we've seen this, right? What? Is, or is that sarcasm? No, I mean that. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm no, sincere. Okay, well, we've we've seen that a bit in the past, like especially in the in the last one where there was actually a problem in how hard he was on himself, and here we're seeing yeah. it in just a little way. But I like how Eugene counters him, like, no, 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 it, it's fine. Um, and Jack talks about how it's a just at least just a temporary escape and not not a, a clear calling from God that he has to take this vow of solitude Would- or. 
Yeah. Which I think is one of the first things that the episode hand, like one of the first of many things about solitary that the episode handles very well. Because mm-hmm. Jack pointing out that the retreat can help one hear and meet God, though it also takes a calling for long-term solitude to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Those are both very good points. Um, and I like I wrote down all the good points about solitude that I think this episode makes, and I think that overall like without getting into them all because we'll get into them as the scenes progress yeah um the episode did a very good job Mm -hmm. absolutely and especially now that we've got the funny stuff out of the way getting into all this impactful stuff is is even i don't know it's it's even better than it would have been just with the episode by itself without that extra scene at the beginning right there's like a little humor with katrina and everything and yeah also like eugene's battle with solitary but overall it's a decently it's like a soft funny mm-hmm. and overall it's just exploring the idea of solitary it's excellent humor um and yes. it's also excellent writing we'll talk about that when we get to that scene i think the very next scene but in the meantime jack sees immediately through eugene he's like this is about katrina isn't it <laughs> she's like mr allen katrina has nothing to do with well almost nothing to do <laughs> then <laughs> He, he goes on for a little bit, then eventually he says, I resent the implication that I'm running away from a romantic problem with a beautiful woman. <laughs> poor, oh, poor guy. <laughs> poor Eugene. Um, uh, Eugene's very good at deflecting, isn't he? I know. He's, he, he reads like a closed book, doesn't he? You can't even tell what emotions are going inside, uh, inside his head. But Yeah. yeah. I, is this the first time we've, we've heard Eugene actually say that Katrina's beautiful, though? Or has he said it before? Because like, we've established uh, he loves Katrina. I feel like he's said it before maybe i don't know it, it was just interesting how this line kind of jumped out to me i was like oh yeah eugene does have that kind of romantic feelings for katrina not just the like the fact that they're great friends and stuff so uh-huh. you, you know that's 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 cool and i feel bad for the the poor guy again because we've talked about all that all through the past however many reviews we've been doing this but because the the katrina stuff is being brought up here again and that jack sees right through and sees that it is katrina is this and from what you were saying earlier is and and we might have talked about this earlier is this actually about Eugene's maturity in general or just his maturity in relation to Katrina or just his maturity as a Christian? You want to reiterate which one of those we thought it was? Well, I was talking specifically to what Bernard was focused on, which I think was his sure. maturity as far as relationships go, possibly partially as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like he's necessarily immature as a Christian, per se, because I don't ever see him like like Katrina. Like Except Connie, for, for a change. I would. Connie, I would say, is immature as a Christian because there are places where she knows what she ought to do. She learns those lessons and then she doesn't really learn from them, you know? Yeah. She still kind of continues in the same negative behavior, whereas Eugene, there are points where he's confused, but then he moves on and he gets it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as a person, then, is that what Eugene is dealing dealing with here or is it just his relationship then? I think what he's dealing with, because again, I think there's a difference between what Bernard's talking about. Yeah, and I'm not tying it all Eugene into Bernard. Actually dealing with. I'm so, not tying it all into so, that. I'm saying in like previous so, reviews that yeah, we've done. Yeah, what I'm saying is, I think Bernard is talking about the relationship. Whereas, if I were to just make a distinction, if I, if you, if Bernard, if Eugene were to come to me and be like, Ryan, what do you think is my problem? <laughs> I would say that. His problem is that he's not honest with himself about how he how he sort of feels about the relationship and about all the stresses in his life so far as wit and also just like not only being honest about those things with himself, but being honest about them with God. Mm-hmm. And so as from that perspective, I think that it's a little bit more of a personal maturity yeah, and a spiritual maturity kind of wrapped up together. Because that's what, in the end, his solitary kind of allows him to do is be honest with his his uh, feelings, imagine sure. his his imagined Katrina. He's able to be honest with her, and in doing so, be honest with himself. Yeah, he's able to be honest with Mister Whitaker, and he's able to just kind of be honest with God in the whole process. Exactly, and all this was brought about by the Katrina stuff, and it was kind of the kind of the catalyst for for that. I would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And that's good that this is coming out, and that's good that he's taking time to process through it. And and he he's always running away from the question of no, oh, I'm I, I'm not here because of a relationship because that's another aspect of his immaturity, I guess, that he doesn't want to admit that that's a problem, or he doesn't want to seek help for this problem because it's it's a real it's a real deal, and it's hard for him to go through because he's he's never done that before. 
He's never had a relationship that's gone this way, let alone a relationship before Katrina. So, of course, he wouldn't know how to deal with it. Of course, it'd be affecting him like this. And, of course, he need to take he would need to take this solitude to deal with it. So, he's making he's making a good steps here in, in finding Jack and talking to him to people and eventually spending time alone um right like and like jack and, says there's nothing wrong with re- retreating at times and that's and that's good advice just to a quick counter to something eugene's saying like maybe i shouldn't be here but jack's like no no it's fine yeah and i think part of eugene's thing is that he is he when he denies that he's there because of katrina part of it is him being dishonest but part of it is him trying to be honest at the same time because he's not trying to join the monastery to sort out everything with Katrina and then become a, a person who Katrina will marry yeah. by any stretch. Well, he actually yeah. does want to work on himself and he kind of resents people boiling it down to, oh yeah, you're just heartbroken. Uh-huh. Right, because I've, I've had that too. And with Eugene thinking that, he's like, well, there must be some deeper reason here. And I don't think he's lying when he's saying Katrina has nothing to do. He's he's being honest with himself when he stops himself, and that's good. Um, and I like how Jack helps him through that. But it's good that the people in this episode, besides Bernard, I don't think Bernard's, Bernard's kind of tough love on Eugene for this, but Jack and Brother James and Wit are very understanding toward Eugene having to, to work through these issues, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, that's very good that they're there for him exactly that that they sort of help him be honest with himself by being gentle because Mm -hmm. bernard bernard's mistake was focusing so much on oh this is about katrina and you're just jumping headlong into this whereas asking eugene plainly but gently and sort of graciously allows him to not have to be so defensive and be honest about what is there related to Katrina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so anyway, moving on in this scene, if you're cool with that. Yeah. Jack mentions that this place was a place where he went during the Blackguard saga, which is kind of cool uh, to tie that in. I'm thinking he went yeah. there after moving targets, which is the one where he left wit's end um, because he didn't agree with Jason over the Israelites. Probably one of the places Jack won't be working at wit's end. This no! letter says he's at the monastery. Yay! Foreshadowing. Snap. Uh, but Eugene, <laughs> <laughs> did you get that? You got that. Was reference. that an Infinity War reference? Well, that was a Hishi Dubs reference. Or, oh, that oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, snap. Anyway, so Eugene is there for solitude, and this was the message that I took away. I thought this was great when I was younger, learning about this, um, because I kind of thought, thought the same as Eugene. Like, oh, maybe solitude can help with you know, help bring peace. And Jack's like, well, are you sure about that? He brings up Jesus and that it was the, some, like the hardest point in Jesus' life before the passion, which, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a great example. And <laughs> it's often said, if you ask God for patience, he'll give you opportunities to be patient. But if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it, but it may not come in the right form and it may be hard. That's, that's what I found through my study and my experience. And mm-hmm. for Eugene, he's, he's here to, um, to work out something inside of himself. One thing that was said in, I think it was either, we have two sort of services here at Liberty. Um, We have Campus Community, which is the Wednesday night Bible study. And we have Convocation, which is the Wednesday afternoon chapel. And I think it was at, I think it was Convocation where the worship leader got up and he said, now when we sing this song about strongholds being broken and our chains falling, that's not talking about things outside of us in our lives necessarily, although it could be. It's talking about things inside ourselves and our will bending to God's will. And I thought that was that was really, really profound. And here, this solitude that Eugene's going through and the stuff that we go through personally, that's stuff in our lives that we're letting God deal with. That's why prayer most often affects our lives because we are the ones who are changed by prayer. And although prayer, you know, prayer can be for requests, prayer mostly helps us understand God better and become more mature. Would you, would you agree yes, with that? I would. Yeah. I would. And that's really good to think about. Like when we ask God, oh, break the chains, break the whatever, generally <laughs> be careful what you wish for, <laughs> but also still probably wish for it because it's still good for you. But it's... Not generally, oh, please, my, my friend, my neighbor, my in-laws or whatever that, that, I, that's that fair, I struggle but... to get along with, please make them have better lives and make them better people. No, 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 no. He's going to yeah. start with you. Uh-huh. Right. And he may go to them. But in the meantime, uh, let's let's do right. with Let's do it. See if it's a problem with you first. And right. And I think that this scene is really great because Jack pointing out that thing about Jesus struggling in the wilderness 
it makes the second good point that I wrote down about solitude, which is that yeah. many seek solitude, thinking they'll get rid of distractions, clutter, and complications. But solitude forces you to face your own internal struggles. And when you're forced to recognize, or when you're forced to do that, you recognize that your heart can, your own heart can be just as distracting, cluttered, and complicated as the world around you. And that solitude, like, that's not to say don't seek solitude. Just realize it's not going to be, ah, yes, now I can have my Zen moment in the forest <laughs> and start levitating because that's I just, not how I understand works. everything. That's be not with how that me. Works. Be with me. You're not with right. me. Right. It's not Ray <laughs> in the forest. It's you going and fight it, just imagine it like you're fighting a battle within your own soul that mm. you haven't paid attention to for a while and eugene's battle it's like going to the <laughs> solitude <laughs> is like going to the dentist you think <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna go and they're just gonna give me a nice cleaning oh turns out you got three cavities get ready for some fillings because we got to do some damage control <laughs> yeah eugene's battle is against geese <laughs> what? No, in the next in the next scene, it's really it's it's funny if I can just jump there. Jack gives him a warning, yeah. like be careful about talk- that you're not talking to yourself, and he kind of walks away. And he's like, ah, oh, talking to myself is something I rarely do, if ever, huh. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> he's talking and to himself talking right to there, himself as he says yeah. it. <laughs> and the next one, he starts off the next scene by talking to himself, and this is breaking one of the core rules in audio drama that you don't have characters talk to themselves but eugene's doing it for a very specific purpose like i love it's a very good place to break the rule yeah i i I went through um i think i mentioned last time that i was going through left behind the kids and one thing that they do again is not having characters talk to themselves and there's been a couple couple scenes where i'm like oh you could have had that character just talk to himself right there and there's one scene where one character has to talk to himself but it's done in such a great way i was like oh man that was that was so good the way you did that but (laughs) eugene's going around he's he's constantly it's it's cool how he's freaking out himself like i'm I'm doing it again (sighs) and stuff yeah he's really annoyed he's like oh hello flower and and talking to the flower i should have brought my ukulele he's going kind of like beatboxing too yeah that that his uh beatboxing has forever <laughs> ruined yankee that doodle yankee doodle because i'll like be like, dun 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 duper duper do because that's what he does at the end oh will ryan is so good he's so right he's so funny yeah and the part about the love his is, last name that's true <laughs> no but uh, the reason for the geese is that when eugene's like i'll stop talking now all of a sudden there's a whole flock of geese that takes off. He's like, hello, is someone there? And picks up the goose and spikes it into the... <laughs> <laughs> huh? Okay, so... Was the solitary stale? <laughs> He's like, uh, I can't... Okay, so who wants... I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. Let's keep going on. We have like 10 minutes Let's to finish this thing off. You ready? I need to... I, someone just needs to make a compilation of the slow descent of us getting tired of our jokes. Dude... It's going to happen. I need a fan who's dedicated to do that, but I don't think there is anyone who has the time because I don't have the time to do it. Uh, Come on. Eh. You know you want to. Uh, yeah. You out there. Hey, you listening to this now that it's actually hey, an hour long. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. So, okay, moving on. Ne- next scene is <laughs> Eugene coming back to Jack, and Jack's like, so how long did it take? And <laughs> And Eugene's like, what? <laughs> like to, I to... resent the implication for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's great because it implies that it actually did work for Eugene. He finally did become quiet, but that wouldn't be really good audio drama to just have Eugene be silent for <laughs> what for a whole scene and not actually doing anything. <laughs> Paul McCusker is just like, I'm really dedicated to not having a character talk to themselves. So this next scene is actually Eugene in solitary. <laughs> just three <laughs> and, minutes of silence. And meanwhile, we skip the we hit the thirty second button like six times. All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, so Eugene wants to stay another night, and Jack has to leave. But before Jack leaves, uh. Eugene says, and thanks, Mr. Allen, for once again being a good and helpful soulmate. And it's it's great that Eugene is kind of winnowing out his, I guess, his insecurities that he had previously. And in the last episode with Connie, where he was, uh, I don't know, making it too overly complicated, trying to connect with her personally. And now he's he's just getting to the heart of the matter. He's saying, thanks, thanks, Jack. I, I appreciate the help. And I think that's, it's it's really, really great how Eugene is, he's recognizing what his emotions are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. In the next scene, um, bonkers. I I actually am taking inspiration from this scene and from a little bit else for a certain thing that I think you know about. Part seven, maybe of a thing that you know about. Uh, the ties that. No, 
tie together? No, no, this it's like a about trees. Oh, that that thing. thing. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that later, but I can't cut that. This is zero pass. Let's keep going. So Eugene <laughs> is sitting by himself and he's praying, which is great contrast to talking to himself because that's a good example of the silence and the solitude he was trying to achieve there. He's not talking to himself anymore. He doesn't feel bad about praying because that's, you know, that's that's part of what he was trying to get over. But he's praying and all of a sudden, who should step out from the bushes but... Who is it? Katrina. No! Yes. That's it. So Geese. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> the, the goose steps out and says hello eugene huh? <laughs> i want waffle fries um, <laughs> no but um eugene <laughs> eugene's like why are you here and katrina says i was in the area i thought i'd drop in which i whenever i hear that i'm like i always take her seriously and eugene freaks out and she's like relax eugene it's a joke and i don't know why but in this scene pamela hayden sounds amazing as Katrina in her in her delivery, uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, but it's really really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She, she, I think it's probably because she hasn't been sweet Katrina for a while. Yeah, yeah. She's been she's been tough Katrina, but here she a lot of it is filtered through Eugene's consciousness, and I don't know how much of this is actually true and how much of this is just Eugene um, thinking of what Katrina would say. But one thing Katrina does say is. I recognize that while I was accusing you of being immature, I was also being immature. Now, we talked about that in The Right Choice. Is that true? Is that fair? Or is that not? Is that just Eugene trying to rationalize um, her feelings? I do feel there's a bit of rationalization going on. Yeah. I think that as far as Katrina's perspective, she had everything going just all right with Eugene. And then he hears a rumor and freaks out and bursts into a service thinking the worst of her. Yeah. And she says, when he's I want some time to sort I want some time to think through this. And then he doesn't respect her wishes. And ultimately in the end, I think that it would be a very fine decision to say, Look, Eugene, you're really jet lagged. Mm-hmm. Get some sleep. Then we'll talk. Oh, right. That doesn't happen because Eugene messes it up and Jason is to blame for that. Right. <laughs> but so ultimately, I think it's perfectly reasonably within Katrina's court to say and do the things that she does so far as saying, hey, I want time to sort out my own heart. And then Eugene's like, well, will you marry me? And, and she's, she's like, like, I just no. said no. Yeah. So that, and yeah. So yeah, I think that this is a point where no, Katrina would not say this, that she was also immature. She wasn't. She never did anything immature. She took she handled things very reasonably but that's what she I says in is... the next step and like later on in for whom the wedding bells told which is why that episode's frustrating to me because she says that she says pretty much as much like yeah. i was also mature but i don't know i have thoughts on that we don't have to get into that but anyway yeah. go on i think what you were saying i think in general like it's okay if she wants to say that sure i think there are maybe some points where she might have been immature so much as like the fighting the with eugene rather than just kind of saying no just matter of fact we'll, we'll talk after you slept she she actually engaged him in frustrating. Prayer uh, the prayer battle was immature. Uh, we'll give it. We'll we'll, we'll okay. go with that. There That's what go. they're talking about. Yeah, and but yeah, when uh, Eugene says that, uh, his response to that is, "Yeah, I I was immature. You're right. I also need more time to grow in my faith." And I I think that although he may not be immature in his faith necessarily, he did only become a Christian a few albums ago. So that's so that is something he should he should deal with at least. And I'm glad that this episode and the, the context gives him time to grow in that. Yeah. But, and since this is through Eugene's consciousness, the, the romantic feelings come back. Eugene or Katrina tells like, she says, what, what is it? Your heart, your spirit. I love you. And I hope you know that. And it's, it's a really sweet line. And for Eugene, because Katrina is not adding anything necessarily that Eugene didn't already know or think it's good that this is great storytelling and that he, and he's not talking to himself we're not hearing his thoughts necessarily. We're hearing this other character kind of tying into a, a certain nine. What is it? I think it's 925 is the episode number. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? A certain nope. imaginary character talking to another real character talking about that real characters, her thoughts about faith and stuff. Nope. I don't remember which episode you're talking about. Uh, Triple Decker Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, Praise that episode's uh, brilliant use of storytelling. I think it's a similar vein here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then. Yeah. And like, though, like, I think both the beauty of it is that 
the things being said by the imaginary perspective are the things that need to be discussed within the person's mind for them to make forward progress. Right. Like right. everything that Katrina says, it's not just Eugene imagining, what would it be like if Katrina showed up and said all the right things for us to get back together? What if Katrina and Eugene got back together? Except I am your guide through this vast universe yeah i haven't seen the second let's go on we made that reference last time it was a tangent but (laughs) back to this back to this so but i think like just in general it's great because this is the result of eugene solitary that Mm -hmm. he is working through these emotions these feelings and getting to the point he can be honest with himself Mm -hmm. and that leads him uh at least to, to say i love you too and we transition back to inside the cabin which is great because then there's a different reverb on his voice and you can hear his his voice shift like mid-sentence to where he's like half asleep which is really cool and then he wakes up and it was all a dream and i think and you when hear I first... like even the bed rustling a little bit yeah yeah it's great so that he like he's inside in bed instead of outside sitting and i, I don't think i think first listeners to this, ep- this episode would have thought that katrina was there and that shift and that kind of twist right there is pretty cool um yeah but we go from there to a scene that I think is taking place at the same time, which is Bernard showing up at Wit's End late at night. And I think we should probably jump through this. But did did Jason set Bernard up to paint the windows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but Bernard's still kind of curmudgeonly. And Wit's talking about how he's busy and stuff and how he's got stuff to do. And Bernard's like, has it ever occurred to you to say no to any of those requests? And Wit says... Uh, no. And I don't know if he's saying no to Bernard's question or no to what, like what? You want me to I say this I think he's word? asking no. no? You no. want me to say no? <laughs> and, and Bernard's like, no, practice it. Like a, an affirmative no. No. Oh, There no. we go. That's <laughs> No, no. Which I love that exchange. It's just hilarious. <laughs> Bernard also has a line where he says, those bags under your eyes aren't for your wallet and keys, wit. Which... Every time as a kid when I imagined that, it was just the most <laughs> grotesque thing I could imagine. Just like purple two inch thick <laughs> purses under his eyes with keys in them yeah that that is that is terrible but <laughs> fan art draw us <laughs> fan art <laughs> please don't uh, but bernard heard about wit's offer from the uh from the board obviously from jason and wit says well he's thinking he probably should go and Bernard says, "Well, why, why don't you why don't you take the day off tomorrow just to, just to think about it?" He says, "In fact, I have a brochure." And so it well, that convinces Wit, and Wit leaves right away. And then just as Wit's leaving, Jason jumps out. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jason's like, "Well," uh, and Bernard says, "Still back there, Jason." And uh, Jason's glad that Bernard was able to get through to Wit, and Bernard's like, eh, "It's all in the delivery." And it's it's really cool how. Bernard's being the spy again, like back from, back from yes. the final conflict where he's like, I siphoned the gas out of their tank, and in this one, he's... Bernard and Jason are the power duo. This is true. Nothing can stop them if Jason. Jason just needs to hire Bernard full time, and the... uh, we need <laughs> rival the CIA itself. You know, it would have been cool if we had a Jason and Bernard spy episode. I don't know if I think we ever Wouldn't got we? one. Wouldn't we? That would have been awesome. Yeah, or like if Bernard was in the top floor, that would have been cool. I don't know. Maybe I... not. No joke, I think I used to think he was before I heard that album. Because, because of the cover I art. Saw, I saw, yeah, the cover art. Yeah. Anyway, so what they both think is that maybe Wit would be able to set Eugene straight since Jason suggested that Wit, that Bernard send Wit to that specific monastery. And then they're like, well, maybe Eugene will, maybe, yeah, Eugene will set Wit straight too. Um, and Jason said, well, I can't help but believe that something good will come out of it. So let me ask you, <laughs> is everything Bernard did and that Jason did, next scene, shall we? Something really good might come out all. <laughs> yeah. Psst, psst, Mr. Whitaker. Okay. Uh, so next one is you can hear a rooster in the background. That's how this scene starts, right? I'm sorry? The next one is like a rooster. Like you can hear that. Like yeah. that's, that's how the next one starts. Yeah. So Katrina's talking to Eugene and Eugene's like, oh, you're a dream. And, and um, but they, still they have the, they have the conversation. The two bits that I picked up on here are that Eugene says, I resent the complexity of our relationship. And. Katrina comes back with, I want our future to be in God's hands, which Uh is, which is really good because Eugene's used to complex stuff and dealing with a lot of this scientific material. That's really, I don't know, hard for other people in Odyssey to understand, but when it comes to a relationship, he doesn't want it to be that complex. Um, But then Katrina redirects and says, no matter how complex it is, if it's in God's hands and it's what God wants, then it'll happen or it won't happen. That's basically what she says, right? Yeah. And one and what comes out of this final interaction with Katrina is that Eugene fully accepts that I mean, past his jet lagged imagination and 
the right choice part two, he fully accepts, because he's rested here, he accepts that he might not be the one for Katrina, which is a, a very good moment. And I honestly kind of wish that they had continued with that because it would have been a, a really, it would have been a really interesting track to follow based on Eugene's character development to see like what would happen to him next in another relationship. But he did have that would have been interesting. Katrina. Yeah, but in, in the meantime, right here, it works works really, really well. Um, so Eugene's actually napping outside this time. Poor guy, he's probably just dozing <laughs> off in a bench somewhere and Brother James walks up. And he's, he's very nonchalant about it. <laughs> Eugene wakes I always up. imagine him in the grass or something. <laughs> he's like, it was like a feel. He's like resting on a mushroom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and Brother James is like uh, Eugene, Eugene, and Eugene was like, oh, oh I'm <laughs> Brother James. Did you, did you sleep out here? No, no, I slept in my cabin. But he he just fell asleep outside. And James is surprised that it was really fast for Eugene that he's been having the the dreams that he's been having. Um, but he describes it as you know getting beyond mental clutter and a cleansing sort of. And he talks about dreams can be for or being alone can be a way to help with or I, I what is it it's that some of the clutter can be wounds that we're keeping open or re- unreconciled relationships or some of the things that james says right right yeah and this is where eugene actually admits that he's dealing with the relationship and he doesn't give the specifics but but you know Bert, uh, james is really really understanding about it and although mm-hmm. he, but he does say as a warning kind of encouraging him you know most people who are dealing with that don't end up staying and eugene says he wants to stay for one more night but he feel has a feeling his calling ends elsewhere which is good because he didn't know before he didn't know if he was yeah. being called to pardon me he didn't know if he was being called to a monastery or if he just wanted to go there for some reason but now he he knows what that calling is and we'll talk about next episode where he actually thinks that calling might be but in the meantime i, I like that he admits that that's really great yeah yeah i think that just the general scenes with katrina show him much of what his actual struggle is and it's not yes. being around people by any stretch it's just that he's still dealing with Stuff. the baggage you know yeah yeah and this has given him great time to just be alone away from people and away from katrina to process it um kind of going back to what jack was saying about why do you think i wanted to come here alone um eugene's way of processing it seems like is to be around people because we didn't get to see his well i mean i guess he was alone when he was having the dreams about katrina and that helped. But when he's with Wit in this next scene, which if I can jump here, um, he, he yes. does a lot of emotional work that's done here between Eugene and Wit, where it's a funny callback to the previous scene where he says, why does it feel like I've done this before? Yeah, Paul. Why, do, why does it feel like you wrote this exact same scene before? <laughs> like, like, it's fine, but also Look. you just did this. Look, we put a lot of budget into that beginning scene with the monastery. Give <laughs> us a break. No, but this, this is a... At least a four and a half out of five, if not five episode. This is oh, top. Yeah. I would top put it as a five, actually. I would, I would too. I, I don't. I, this I should... don't give many fives, but I don't find anything wrong with it. No, I mean, and there's a lot that's good about it too. It's it's yeah. brilliant, and part of which is this final thing where Eugene's, <laughs> where Wit shows up, and Eugene's like, "Oh wait, is this a dream?" And he's so self-aware, but Wit's like, "What? Well, no, no, this this is this isn't a dream." And you, he's now, what do we need to work out? And or he says, I'm willing to discuss whatever – or Eugene actually says, I'm willing to discuss whatever we must work out, work out of my subconscious. And then so Wit sits down and like, all right, what do we need to talk about? And Eugene's like, if dream. you're a dream. And Wit's like, I'm not a dream. And then, and then turns around with sunglasses and walks away as the, as the hillside blows up. <laughs> blows up the monastery. No. That's Mr. Uh, Wicker. If I could, yeah, if I could back up for a second. Yeah, go like, for Just it. to talk about the B story with Wit. As oh, far sure. as it relates to solitary, I think yeah. it's great. It's now, very keeps, neat because... Now, just to clarify, yeah, you keep saying ahead. solitary. Are you referring to solitary time, solitary confinement, solitary refinement? What are you What are you saying here, specifically? I mean, I think I'm just generally talking about solitary as far as time goes, being by yourself. Okay, alone time? God. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. I yeah. get it. Okay, because whenever I think of solitary, I actually think of the, the Muppets Most Wanted, which is weird. I don't know why. Either that or Unbroken. Do you, you know? I don't know either of those. What? Pieces. Okay. If you got that reference, leave a comment. Anyway. Yeah, I apologize. I didn't grow up with the Muffets. No, neither did I, but like, that's, all a, that's I know a conversation is for another like time. Kermit. Okay. All I know is Kermit. We don't have time for this. I'm sorry. The... I didn't mean to go there. Let's go. Okay. Come on, go please. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the B, the B story about Solitary, as far as Wade is concerned, I, I think is really neat because like Eugene by himself would have been a fine enough episode. Because it tackles a lot of really great things. But I think that as far as wit goes, it's useful because, you know, 
there's another side to it that sometimes we seek solitary thinking it'll help us think like Eugene does and sometimes we neglect solitary because thinking and we do so because we think the world needs us sort of Martha style you know like I I don't need to be with Jesus I need to do these things for him Mm -hmm. but that's not the case that it's much more valuable to take the time to be with Jesus and that's what solitary can be sometimes yep and like when you think, oh, the world needs me and I need to do all these things to serve all these different people. Sometimes we need to stop being busy and stop keeping the world's needs and focus on slowing down and ensuring we're focused on what God actually has for us. Right. Because just work for the sake of work is not valuable unless it's doing something that is actually honoring and serving God. Yes. And what makes the wit stuff a great B plot is that it does tie directly into the A plot with Eugene. And it wasn't necessarily a huge conflict for Wit to get over. It was just Bernard saying, hey, Wit, you're slipping. And Wit learning the easy way and going, okay, yeah, that's right. I do need to do this. And then helping the A plot by his learning the easy way, going to Eugene's learning it the hard way. You know? Yeah. 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 And it ties up in a neat little bow as they help each other here. Yes. And the brilliant character moment is that this this summarizes... It's been talked about so much in previous episodes, especially the time has come, but it is a genius character moment in that Wit's return was, and his departure was totally unexpected by the writers, but they made it work so well in that Eugene doesn't want Wit to leave because he wants that he wants there to be time with Wit that Wit can have to mentor him as a new Christian. And because this is one of the first spiritual interactions that Wit and Eugene have had since Eugene became a Christian and since Wit came back. And it it's a very clear reason of why, like we've got had little things back and forth about Wit saying, well, maybe I should go, maybe I shouldn't go. And Eugene's really strong in that sort of saying, like I'm one of the major characters on the show, not being self-aware, but you know, saying like, I, I'm dealing with this and this has been a huge arc for me. And now that you're back, I feel that we need to talk about this. And I feel like I need you to help me through this. And to have the episode that sort of ties up Eugene's emotional, spiritual arc be this episode that ends with Wit and Eugene praying and talking through the issues, I think that's a great, it's a great place to kind of end this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really, really well done. And Will Ryan really delivers in the acting, and so does Paul Herlinger. Um, he continues to to nail, just absolutely nail his stuff as wit. I I'm I really really love it. Yeah. And and the outro music is great here. Eugene's final line is, "It's something I've been dreaming about for a long, long time." And and thinking about, I've mentioned the memories become dreams for Eugene. These these memories that became dreams, and the dreams are now becoming memories for him. You know. Yeah, Which yeah, is, and like yeah, when he says that line, it's something I've been dreaming about for a, for a long time. In the context of this episode, it has greater meaning because it doesn't mean, oh yeah, I've just been wanting this for a long time. In the context right now, he's having dreams about the issues he has to work through. And one of the things that he had to work through was fearing losing wit. And yeah. now that he's able to have that relationship and kind of... Especially because this relationship with Wit is something he's wanted longer than just the time has come. He wanted it all the way back in um, uh, Gone. Yeah. But not in this context. Because the reason he freaked out so much over Wit leaving is that Wit is such a strong presence. And Eugene doesn't realize it's because of his Christianity Mm -hmm. that he is that strong, strong, healthy... um, helpful presence in his life that he doesn't want to lose he doesn't realize that what he really is sort of mourning losing is not just wit but it's god because Mm -hmm. he's there's a piece of god that he sees through wit yeah yeah exactly and here here being able to have that time to pray and experience that spiritual aspect with wit that is something he's been wanting for a long time all the way back to gone even when he didn't realize it Mm-hmm. And now it all comes to fruition. Right. And Wit's here to stay. Whereas Katrina is a figment of his imagination and she who knows when he's gonna hear from her again. And mm-hmm. even though he might thought at first he might have thought at first that Wit was imaginary, I think the final line confirms that he he had been seeing Wit or he he'd been both he'd been both wanting it and he'd been dreaming about it. And now that Wit's here, he knows that Wit's real. 
and finally it's coming full circle and Eugene is a Christian is dealing with an issue that wit can help him with and yeah it's it's so good yeah it, it is really really great and that's yeah. what the episode and ends then, I think that's yeah. yeah beyond that you just got the wrap up with Chris where it's very super brief short. she basically just she basically just says we'd do well to follow the examples of solitude early Christians practiced uh, that's what I should have been saying solitude <laughs> not solitary solitude. this entire time uh, <laughs> no that's, I meant that's solitude fine. that's fine that's fine or solitaire solitaire I have never you played can play solitaire. that in solitude you could but it, that would be distracting it's kind of a distraction it's not gonna help you focus but <laughs> jesus out there he's collecting geese and using the geese as the cards <laughs> this is a really dumb bit <laughs> anyway i think i think that's a great place to to end yeah. this this review i, th- I think we made 10 out of 10 10 out of 5 how about that Ooh, 10 can... out of 5 monks saying we know eugene this episode is good. So, you we know... We only know two notes. <laughs> now, going back to just a real quick note. The very beginning of this review, Ryan, uh, what, did, what did we say about the, the team reaction? Oh, yes, the team reaction. I think ah. that it's releasing in a few days. I think it's also releasing in a few days. In fact, two days from today, and today is, well, not <gasps> the recording day, but Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Today Tuesday, September 28th, in two days... It will be Thursday, September 30th. I don't know what time on that day, but my plan is to have the reaction out on that day. So, Woo. Ryan, I will see you and, um, thir- I guess 12 other people? Yeah, you and 12 other people on September 30th when we finally release the reaction for episode 922, The Team. Thank you so much for doing this review. It's always been super duper fun. And, uh, I will, I will talk to you later. It's been a pleasure. See you, everyone. Bye! You're listening to AIO Audio Revenue News. Yeah.